This week, an episode just for the kids. Life lessons you never thought you needed. And Santa is black now. You're listening to the Fake Outrage Report. Welcome to the Fake Outrage Report, the show where we decide if you're entitled to your emotions. I'm Sandeep <laughs> yes. Sen, the interchangeable Indian cog of the show, and with me as always is Phil Causey. Phil, how are you doing? Yes, he's interchangeable now that uh, he's been interchanged for somebody else. Wait, hold on. I said that backwards. I interchanged one Indian guy for another when I right. brought you on board. That makes me interchangeable. Oh, okay. As an Indian cog. What makes you so cocky? Why do you think you're so irreplaceable? No, I'm, I'm, I am interchangeable. Oh. I'm, I'm humble. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm very humble, I'm not Phil. even high today. Okay, I'm already fucking up grammar. All right. Uh, My week's been good. Thank you for asking. I got the poison out. What poison? That's an expression, man. I know. I want to know. Uh, how does Phil get his poison out? Uh, well, sometimes when a man loves a woman, uh, they develop feelings for each other. I, I don't okay. need to paint a picture. So but, your cum is toxic. So that's, oh. what I'm, that's what I'm gain, gaining from this. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Definitely. Uh, okay. And uh, with us today, we like to introduce our guests up top. So with us is uh, Gene Getman. Up. And uh, yeah, up top, we ask if you're, are you plugging anything? What are you doing? Oh, shit. I should have thought of that before. Um, go to freemikes.com, right? Oh, yeah. You're the, the godfather of freemikes.com. He's That's the right. mastermind behind yeah. the list that everyone in New York uses to find an open mic. That's and right. in many cities. I live in New York, so I'm partial. Yeah, yeah it's how, the biggest contribution I'll ever give to comedy. How recently did you expand to other cities? Because I know it started out as just New York, right? Yeah. It was like last summer. I rebuild it once a year because when I first built it, I really had no idea what I was doing. So that was kind of very uh, sucky. And then <laughs> I got a little better. So I rebuilt it again. And last year I thought I knew what I was doing. So I re rebuilt it again. And then six months later, you're like, what the fuck was I doing? So then I got Now I got to do it again. I'm sure I will next year, too. I feel that way about comedy in general. Yeah. Every six months to a year, you're like, wow, I really sucked. That wasn't funny at all. What, yeah. What was I thinking saying that into a microphone? Actually, yeah. when I first started, I watched some of my videos, and while I am probably the worst comedian I've ever seen <laughs> do comedy, my material was actually pretty good. I was like, oh, wow, that's like kind of a good premise and joke. Yeah, I had a fun idea. If well, only somebody else told it. Yeah. Well, Christopher Titus says to everyone, go back to your old, old material sometimes, because once in a while, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I can handle that now. Right. You know? But enough comedy workshop. You're also uh, the other guy from the Social Villains podcast, yeah. correct? Yeah, we had Mike Hascarelli on. He actually, uh, he, he subbed in for me one week. He's the only person to ever take the full-on lead, aside from me. It was him and then Ajay? Yeah, uh, well, no, no. Uh, he subbed in for me. Right. Like, took my place. So He's the only person to ever sub in for me on the show. So was it him and, and Ajay Raj? Yeah, then? him and Ajay. For, for an episode because they did a thing about politics and like I kind of because of my daytime situation I sort of can't talk about some of the stuff that's been happening in America oh why because uh, of my employment situation it's a conflict of interest oh really mm -hmm. in, with politics yeah are you the campaign manager for no I'm just I work for a place that has a name on the front of it and be, uh, there's like media policies where I'm not supposed to be talking about that to uh -oh. any members of the media and that wow. includes But you can podcasts. drop really obvious hints that anyone could crack the code. Is that, uh, is that as in the As long as I don't talk about it directly, yeah. But like, because this is considered media, like I'm not supposed to be talking about it. So that's, okay. that's why 
months ago, Mike subbed in for me, so I wouldn't get myself in trouble. What if you get in trouble and they're like, hey, you're not supposed to talk about this to the media, and then show you show them your numbers, and you're like, you call this media? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I'm honored to be part of the mainstream media. I didn't know. Yeah. I'm part of the problem. Yeah. We're uh, part of the problem, Austin guys. Austin Hall, 23 of our listeners. are. Uh, we're in the double digits now, you guys. Fucking <laughs> 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 Oh man! So, Gene, anything else you uh, have going on? Any shows you have coming up, or any? Uh, yeah, like thing? I have shows, but don't go to them. Yeah, I tell everyone <laughs> that too. You ever have friends who aren't comics who are like, "Hey, when are you performing next?" And you're just like, uh, "Don't do that to yourself. Don't, don't, don't do that." Yeah, I'm a comedian. <laughs> I'm never performing again, as far as you're concerned. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, we are now doing the 10 p.m. at the Grizzly Pair on Wednesdays, and the reason I'm telling you is because you actually should go to that one because unlike most of the pair shows. You know, as they have been for the last God knows how many years, we're actually going to produce this one like like a comedy show that you should see. We're going to get good comedians. Um, we're going to not book five hundred of them. There's gonna, only going to be like four or five comics tops, and per uh, hour. And then you know we're going to keep the show going for six hours because that's yeah that's how the pair runs. For- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, six comics uh, doing an hour each. No, it's going to be a host, myself, Melissa Diaz, who both produced a show. Then we'll have a guest spot, and then we're going to get a headliner. And we got a meetup going and things like that. We're going to just try to make it good and actually produce it. So come out to that on Wednesday. Okay, so if you're in New York City, go hang out with Gene Gebman on Wednesday nights. There's very cheap drinks at that bar. I love that bar. It's a good place to go get hammered for no reason. Not only are they cheap, they're also mandatory. So come on out. That's <laughs> oh, <yes>, right. <laughs> Drink minimums. All right, let's get started with the uh, with the uh, outrage stories. Are we ready, guys? Well, actually, we don't. I'm not ready. Hold on, I gotta I gotta tell this story real quick. I'm glad we have Gene on the show finally. Uh, Gene was on stage for the number one funniest thing I've ever seen since I've been part of the New York comedy scene. Oh boy, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but this is about two and a half years ago. I used to produce shows uh, at the Karma Lounge. I used to co-produce with this other comic, and I didn't know Gene at the time. And uh, Gene was booked through the other comic that booked the show. And there was this guy uh, in Carmel Lounge who was a fucking heckler, this like really annoying little gay kid who sat oh, in the front row. Oh, yeah. Do you remember this? this Dude, that night? was two years ago? Yeah. That's fucking insane. Yeah, two years ago. And so there's this little little annoying, and when I say gay kid, I'm not hating on his sexuality. He was just one of those kids who was just like, like I'm gay, give me attention, like really loud. And to his credit, he was a good heckler. He, and he was shutting down like every comic on the show. And Gene goes up like third or fourth, and like you got up there, and you were nice to him at first. You were just like, come on, man. Like, you don't have to do, come on. Like, you gave him a chance to, like, you gave him an out. Right. And after, like, about a minute of him not shutting the fuck up into your set, you just turn to him and you go, oh, hey, man, that's cool. You got yourself a hookah. What flavor did you get? Cock? <laughs> Everyone in the room fucking lost it. The bartender, the comics in the back, like, I couldn't stop laughing. And at that point, the kid, like, the whole room was on your side. Right. And the kid just kept going. And that just gave you fucking full permission to just lay into him. I was very homophobic, but it worked. Oh, well, that, that's because everyone wanted him to shut up. Dude, that's why being offended is such a, a matter of perspective. Because things, look, when people say, hey, this joke is not funny, it's offensive, it's misogynistic. Well, yeah, yeah, it is. But it's only that because it's not funny. If you do it and it's funny, people forget misogyny and racism all the time. Even people who are very much, you know, social justice warrior type people. Right. They're like, oh, that's racist. And as soon as it's funny, they laugh anyway. 
That's really the bottom yeah. line. Yeah, or, or they try to repress their own laughter, which just makes them laugh harder in the long run. Right. Isn't that one of the objects, too, behind social villains, is you guys are trying to help kind of brush back against the SJW culture? Yeah, I mean... I don't think it's really... We don't have, like, a cultural aim. Okay. I think it's more... Well, for me, it's more trolly. I just like to... <laughs> <laughs> that's upset true people that is true and uh really what it's kind of become lately i think because we started at this point before the election and we just kind of got swept up in that wave because that last election was completely insane even the the time leading up to it oh 100 so, man i mean i'm not even a political person that much and i even was posting shit online about yeah. it yeah and i'm somebody who's very apathetic and cynical when it comes to politics normally so yeah that fucking that election just took everything with it in its wake yeah it's crazy uh, so we're now we're just kind of some kind of weird politics podcast <laughs> <laughs> which is fine check it out on soundcloud and itunes okay so now we're ready to start the outrage topic sandeep i just wanted to tell that story because oh. that that moment I still fucking laugh about. Actually, can I just say something real quick yeah. in terms of hecklers? I get into it with hecklers constantly. It's actually probably one of the most fun things I like doing in comedy because just telling jokes, I mean, it's good. Well, it's fun to be engaging once in a while. Yeah. I think like comedy should be something that a good set, even if it's like written and scripted and planned by, you know, and you see somebody who's a professional, it's great when it feels like it's something that you're watching happen you know, in the moment. Yeah. Right. It's like you're, you're watching uh, a phenomenon happen. And that's why I like doing like when there's a heckler, you don't know what the fuck is going to happen. That's real. Like that's in the moment and real. So I kind of, you know, people really get down on hecklers, but I, I don't like them, but I like what they, the situation that they give opportunity for. You do not fear the unknown. You embrace it. Yeah. I mean, that's, what's fun for me. That's why I like even getting up on stage because generally I don't, but, (laughs) uh, the other day at the pair, there was some lady who was heckling the whole time, and I totally made her cry. Like, I made her fucking you cry to her? throughout the whole set. Um, she was... Cries in the cry. Laughing or cries in, like, you shut her down so hard that no, it hurt her No, she was sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> Only Gene Gemmon could say that and, and laugh about it sinisterly just afterward. Like, oh, yeah, I made this lady cry. It was fucking awesome. But like, yeah, it was once good, they like... become a heckler, you know, they become fair game. And then they should cry, all of them. Yeah, and it's tough, though, because other times there have been times where I kind of come down on a heckler and then I look like the asshole, but I've kind of, like, really figured it out to some degree how to make it look like you're... How have you figured it out? What are your tips for the heckler handling? Um, You have to... Oh, come on, man. This is is not a workshop podcast. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) Well... Well, let, let me, I yeah, guess, do, let me finish. Do the point and then we'll... Because yeah. there, there were a bunch of like interracial couples there and I go, uh, oh, you know, what's your, you know, oh, you're interracial, interracial. And I go to the heckle like, yeah, oh, she goes, I'm with an interracial person. And I go, oh, really? What's, uh, what race is your rapist? <laughs> 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 and everyone fucking died. But that's not where she started crying. She goes, oh, we have a kid together. And I go, oh, your child's a... A product of rape (laughs) (laughs) or something like that and then she started crying the whole time and i I was just kind of rolling with it and then i go you know to everybody i go you know what the only way we can get out of this awkward situation is if we all make her leave (laughs) she was sitting at her she was still sitting and enjoying the show and crying she was crying why didn't she leave the room she just wanted to hear the jokes i don't know i still paid two drinks (laughs) (laughs) call my child a rapist (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah but anyway. that last punchline was okay no podcast is complete without a series of rape jokes in it 
<laughs> so here we are, you guys. Okay, uh, now that we've uh, offended everyone way more than any of these stories could, let's uh, let's get to them. Uh, so. <laughs> Our first story concerns a series of satirical children's books covers called Bad Little Children's Books. And the covers that caused the most outrage was one cover was titled uh, Happy Burka Day, Kimmy. <laughs> Portrays a girl in a veil holding a ticking present. Um, so let's real quick, just to let everyone know, like the images are made to look like those like old school 1950s, like uh, like children's or educational book covers. It's all like white kids who are clearly like happily learning stuff and it has that like old, I don't know what the name of it is, but the old style of drawing. And so that that's what kind of why people are mad is it, it's books that normally would be like educational, but they have like these horribly offensive titles attached to them. Yes. And so I, I the three that caused, so that was one of them that caused the most outrage. Another one uh, illustrated rockets and missiles of the Islamic state. Uh, and the final one, which I didn't quite understand, it was, uh, it paints a Native American family with the title, the anti-vaccine kid and the gift of the Navajo blanket riddled with smallpox. Uh, so you, you don't get that. Well, how did the, Nav the, this is, this is elite white kids that aren't getting vaccinated. Why, how did the Navajo get associated with, with smallpox or the anti-vaccination? Well, I think the joke behind it is you have a kid who doesn't want to get a vaccination and he gets smallpox. Right. Right? Wouldn't that be the... But it was a white kid. Are you saying white people are all immune to smallpox? <laughs> like I'm saying the, the anti-vaccination thing is like a white thing. How did the Indians, yeah, get, how did the Indians get all wrapped well, up in this? Why, well, because they all died from not being <laughs> vaccinated and having no option to get vaccinated. <laughs> That's right. a good point, G. Gibbon. <laughs> right? They, the smallpox blankets. Right. But they weren't anti-vaccine. They just didn't have vaccine. So where do these originate? Where did the... Uh... I, I, I think when I think anti-vaccine, I think like the latest vaccine. I think that's what it's trying to make a parody of. But I'm Maybe. not sure. Some of yeah. them are, are a little unclear. That, that That is kind of like a good premise. I thought they were pretty funny. <laughs> the Indians were the first anti-vax This would be like a good place to start for a roast joke against Native Americans. Like if you're roasting <laughs> the Native Americans, <laughs> this is a good premise for it. So uh, where did these come from? Where was the, the origin of these? So uh, the publisher was is called Abrams, and they released a statement saying that some reviewers and commentators on social media have taken elements of the book at face value, which we believe misses the point of the book as a work of artistic parody and satire. Dude, this is exactly yeah. what I was talking about before. Yeah, it where is. Where people get offended if it's not funny. I mean, it's like, I wouldn't say this is particularly funny. It's a little... You know, a little base. And I see hacky. what they're going for. Yeah, I see. Uh, you know, I understand that they're making an attempt at humor. Yeah, you know. And when it fails, people are like, oh, "This is unoffensive." But if it was funny and clever, then people wouldn't be. Somebody somewhere laughed their ass off to this. I thought some of them were kind of funny. And the thing is, too, is that the comedy is not in the offensiveness. It's in the juxtaposition of that like old timey book cover with an ho a horribly offensive title. You know what I mean? Right. So that's kind of that's where that comes from. And yeah, so what I happened think, to the to the books? Well, the, the, it's the race stuff that I think made people offense because the, there were other funny ones that I I don't think caused controversy. Well, I, my favorites were the botched facelift, uh, <laughs> the wonderful world of clown gingivitis, uh, the big book of drowning, and uh, peeping Tommy goes cougar hunting. Which that's kind of and, funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in the illustration, funny. it's it's much more funny. So I think when they got the when they got the race involved, that's when it got a little offensive for people. And they actually eventually had to pull this this series of 
of books. What was it meant for? Was it like a like a Spencer's Gifts kind of thing? Or? That's my question. Is they're they're funny, but I don't know if I'd pay fifteen bucks just for the what per book cover. or was it like a set or uh, yeah? Because that's a good question. What's the target market for a bunch of weird, offensive children's books? It's not children. Yeah, that's all I it's know. It's clearly not children. I think it's us. And it, what, I really think it's. it's like I think, think Gene's got the right idea. I think it's a gag gift. It's like right. one of those like you know funny little things you get somebody around the holidays. It's like a gag gift. And also, yeah. it's like one of those things where the title and the cover is funny, but then once you get into the content in the book, you're like, what, why am I reading this? Yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just doesn't like hold up. Yeah, no, exactly. Unless they had like really good writing, which I highly yeah. doubt. <laughs> Dostoevsky. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it reminds me of years ago, uh, there was a book called Grandma's Dead that was like <laughs> available in those sections of like the stores. And it was like, Grandma's Dead. And it's like a cute little picture of like some kittens. And then every page in the book was like horribly bad news. Like you're never going to walk again <laughs> or like I used to be a man, but it was like accompanying like really cute animal pictures. And, like, oh, that's kind of the same idea. It's exact same idea. Yeah. And so I think if, so that was like 10 years ago though. See if that book would come out now, it probably would be under the same scrutiny as this book. So this is a good example of one of those ones that without the internet and like the outrage sort of culture, uh, there wouldn't have been any outrage for this particular series of books. Dude, people don't know how to consume comedy anymore. That's the problem. Yeah. The best, like, if you want to see an example of how people are not just, they're not able, they don't know what to do with comedy, go read Netflix reviews of comedy specials. <laughs> this is, uh, I was doing that last night. This is the, fu it's the most entertaining thing you could do on Netflix other than, <laughs> I, I mean, it's even better than watching it. Like, look, I screenshotted one of them. Tell me if you can guess who's, uh, who's special this is. Okay. All right. The first two minutes sucked. But this is a one-star review, by the way. Mm -hmm. The first two minutes sucked. So turned off. You can't lead with a terrible joke about death and then go into two dead people, are Ray Charles and Hitler, and then compare them. At that point, I was done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know exactly who's special they're talking yeah. about. <laughs> well, which one is it? Because I don't know. That's Louis C.K. I forgot which. What oh, the name is it Louis C.K.? Yeah. Yeah, Louis does that. He comes out and he he's kind of like <laughs> Carlin because Carlin opened one of his specials with like, hey, you know, people don't talk about anymore in public? Pussy farts as his opener. Right. right. And if you, if you deconstruct this review, first of all, it said the first two minutes sucked, so I turned it off. Well, give it a fucking chance, dude. <laughs> two minutes, yeah, you turned it off? Well, in his defense, if a, he didn't like those jokes, he probably wouldn't like the rest of Louis C.K. That's right, true. But that's but that's the point. It's like you, you he's um you're like you can't lead with a terrible joke about death. Well, that's not your type of comedy then. Like you're you're saying like you don't understand how comedy works. They're, they're not going like, hey, this uh, this wasn't for me. They're like, oh, this is not comedy. Well, who the fuck are you? And here's another one. <laughs> Tell me if you can guess who. This is like a little harder to guess who special this is. Here, here's the. Uh, it's again another one star review. Here's the review. <laughs> this guy is just not funny. R.I.P. Harambi. <laughs> See, if this comedian is African-American, that would make it funnier for me. All right, you're close. You're warm. Oh, okay. So this is a uh, non-Caucasian comedian. Yes. Okay. African-American comedian? Yes. Okay, that does not narrow it down at all. It's a um, new special. New special, African-American. Did he talk about Harambi, or was that just a non-sequitur? Um, I think it's a non-sequitur. Wait, was it, uh, was it Kevin Hart? No, Michael okay. Che. 
Oh, okay. Michael Che special. I was reading reviews. You got, dude. You got to do this, man. Everybody listening, go on Netflix <laughs> right now. Read comedy special reviews. It's just the best. The people are all over the place. First of all, it's either five five stars or one. Rarely do people give like two, three stars. Almost no four stars. It's either people give five or one, which is like a very. So it's telling like the sign. hot or not of uh, <laughs> of comedy. <laughs> Of stand-up comedy, yeah. I, I think it's a telling sign of how divisive our society has become. It's either you're you're really into it or you're not. There's, like, no subtlety anymore. Well, it's funny. I read a thing, uh, an article, like, a year ago. I forgot. One of those fucking, like, think piece websites. And they were saying that, like, you can tell who somebody is politically based on the television shows they watch. Purely. Because if someone's more rural, they're going to watch, like, you know, Dirty Jobs or Duck Dynasty. Mm -hmm. But if someone's more urban, they're going to watch Girls and The Daily Show. Mm -hmm. And you can tell by someone's Netflix queue and their television watching habits who they are. And so I think comedy definitely is an extension of that. Yeah, That makes sense. Everyone's in their own bubble for consuming any content. No, you're in the bubble. I say everyone's in the bubble. It's everyone's in, in the their bubble. own personal bubble, exactly. But they could—I mean, just by by all your content, they—we're we're doing the same stuff apparently. When there there isn't that much overlap. Yeah, we need to get more people into our fake outrage bubble. I like and that he, when people are say he's not funny, as opposed to I didn't find him funny. When they they're watching someone who's famous, who's crushing it in an entire theater, but they didn't find the joke funny, so they had the audacity to say he's not funny. All these people are wrong. Only my sense of humor, <laughs> sensibilities. Right. Never done comedy. Never said anything funny in my life i'm a fucking blowhard but this guy's not funny well in that person's defense it could have been a 300 person bringer show (laughs) (laughs) so we don't actually know but oh you can bomb at a bringer show believe you me (laughs) been there there we go man Uh, so tying it back to the original topic here which was the uh, offensive children's books i think you're definitely right because there's somebody out there definitely laughed their ass off seeing these titles i thought some of them were decently funny at least Yet some people, though, are just going to go on a tirade and be like, these are offensive. I want these off the shelf. Yeah. You know, and that's why I think you're right. I think some people don't know how to look at something and go, I'm not the target market. I'm going to walk away now. It's I'm not the target market. Let's shut this person down and ruin their life. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's that's really what it comes down to is that everybody's been taught to impose their sensibilities on everything. That's you know, that's what happens when you give people uh, power and, and a say. You know, everybody thought that the internet was going to be this thing that brings humanity together by giving everyone a voice, but what nope. a fucking hit and miss, you know? <laughs> because was- everybody has a voice, and it's completely shitty, oppressive, and and, and uh, dissonant. Yeah, yeah, it was way too optimistic about humanity. They didn't pay attention to the fact that humanity sucks a lot of the time. Yeah, they didn't look at any of the thousands of years of history of, like, genocide right. and holy wars yeah. and, you know, all that stuff. But a bunch of losers. Jerry Seinfeld said it best when he said that the internet's given rise to a bunch of people who have opinions who shouldn't have opinions. Right. (laughs) That's kind of how I feel about it. So as far as the the verdict goes on the yeah, so we always like to vote here on the fake outrage report, whether it's real or fake outrage. Gene, we'll go, we'll go, we'll start with you. I think it's real outrage, but fake, because it shouldn't be there. Okay. Uh, I'm going fake in this one. This is <laughs> something so dumb to get mad about. You know what I mean? It's like you're getting right. mad that someone else might think something that's kind of quirky is funny and you're f- shut up. Don't be offended. Fake outrage. Yes, I also agree with fake outrage. It's these are satirical fake children's books. Worry about something else, people. Worry about something else. Stop it. Worry about something real. Well, what makes something real or fake outrage? 
basically, well, there's a lot of factors. We talk about that in this show. One of them is the time frame, and this is one of those ones where, and we haven't done a good job of doing of getting this into the show, but we should. Um, is trying to predict the time frame of like you know how long people are going to get mad about this. I think the time frame for this is going to be like three or four days. I think by the time this episode even goes out, no one's going to even remember that this was like a news story. You know what I mean? As opposed to something else like, uh, well, the the example this year that came out of nowhere was the Harambe thing. (laughs) I predicted that was going to go away right away. And that's been the fucking biggest story, you know, well, because it's like a quotable thing. You can go long, go long live RIP Harambe. (laughs) It's just, it's just something you yell behind a news reporter on at times square, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And so there's definitely a lot of factors. Another factor too, is considering the source and considering there's like an agenda behind it. Like someone is saying like, Oh, this person is being a racist because, or this person is being offensive because, and not because they're racist, but just because they want to shut that person's voice down. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you deal with a lot of that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Basically, we like to say whether people's emotions are real or fake to us. And that's what that's yeah, how we pretty much we like to tell people if. But some people like to protest something just because it makes them feel better, even though it was a completely nonsense thing to begin with. Well, that's another and part. Want to tell everyone how to act. That's another part of it. Is part of when you call somebody a name or you try to label somebody, it boosts your social stock. When you get to label someone else and go, "Look, I'm punishing this person for bad behavior. I'm awesome, guys." That's right, part that's of the, the whole thing. That's the most of it. Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to all around is that people's egos are and their social standing is really the um, the origin of all this shit. Yeah, that's, the, that's what it comes down to because essentially people are just self interested, uh, self absorbed uh, shitheads. Yeah. So <laughs> all very, of us very eloquent, simple way to put it: self absorbed shitheads. So <laughs> applying all that we just said to the children's books, this is something that is pretty harmless for the most part that people are like up in arms about and something that in three days when the next story comes out they're not going to give a shit about so that's why we label it fake outrage all right i changed my answer to fake oh so oh we're three for three then i thought you were already with us but all right (laughs) fake outrage fake outrage ruled done uh our next story comes to us uh from the mall of america in minnesota they hired their first black santa and the internet fucking lost it (laughs) The, Minnesota, the Minneapolis Star Tribune, who reported it, had to shut down the comic section, the comment section on its story because people were so outraged. Uh, but then some other sites that reported it kept their comments up. So like on CBS News, all right, here's, here's one Chris Guy said, uh, just to give you a flavor of what they're saying, I don't understand why Santa would be black. Seems kind of racist to make him black <laughs> for the sake of having a black Santa. Racist against you, Chris, who? Uh, and he says, I don't really care, but in our racially sensitive society, I don't see how this is considered okay or the hypocrisy. I don't really care. You're commenting on it, on this story in, in Wait, a Minneapolis he, After tribute. I don't care, that, that's where the comment stops, right? No, he says, I don't really care, but in our racially sensitive society, I don't see how this is considered okay. <laughs> like, I don't care about Black Santa, but like other people, I feel bad. What about the children? What about the three what paragraphs you just Santa? wrote, dude? Like, what? clearly you care a little bit. Yes, <laughs> you're commenting on this. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of agree. I I, I don't think Santa could be black. It's, we can't have a black Santa. That's completely ridiculous. <laughs> Everyone what? knows Santa has a small penis. That's why he has to get his love from... That's why he's all just making up for it with the sleigh and the everything. No, I mean, think radio. about it. If a black Santa goes down, down your chimney, he's going to get shot in one second. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have a black Santa. He's not going to make it past the second house. He's like, oh, shit, we're getting robbed. <laughs> Some black guy broke into our house in a Santa costume. 
<laughs> I wonder if that's ever been an epidemic in some neighborhood where like a bunch of dudes dressed up as Santa one year and like broke into houses. Some that's had to have been done before. Somebody had to have done that somewhere. Oh man, I don't know. I I think this is such a ridiculous fucking thing for people to get upset about. Like it just doesn't affect you at all. I think people are losing sight of the fact that Santa isn't real. I think that and people just don't. <laughs> Here's an, another comment on Yahoo. Uh, one guy's like, uh, can you imagine a white Jesse Jackson or Muhammad Ali? Real or not, Santa Claus is of white origin. No, because he's not real. You can't just be like real or not, like put that aside. No, that's the main thing. Actually, Santa real. is from white origin if you're going to get historical about it, I believe, right? Yeah, Santa is based on, I don't know what country, but in the Scandinavian region, like hundreds of years ago in some century or some shit, there was a guy who on Christmas he would make little like pies or trinkets and stuff or something like that and like mm -hmm. leave them on the doorsteps of all his neighbors and stuff like that. It was just something, like some nice old man who would make people presents on every Christmas and, and then he died. So <laughs> Yeah, and then Coca-Cola bought the rights, gave him a red suit, yeah. and we have cookies now. Yeah, for it made reason. him gain about He's a fake pounds. character, therefore you can, that's why you can have a f female Ghostbusters. They're not real, you can have a black X-Men. They're not, these aren't real things, people. It's also worth mentioning that he's not that black. Like, he's what would be considered, like, light-skinned. Like, you saw the picture of him, right? Okay, now we're getting into the fake. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to actually say any of these things out loud. But I already did. Um, I mean, well, no, if, he was a, if he was like Nigerian, like, fuck that. But come I on, know, guys. He's I a mulatto. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> Here is an AK-47 for you, little boy, to protect yourself <laughs> from the other little boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then he has a second. First job is mall Santa. Second job is cabbie. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's uh, how that works. But yeah, like he wasn't like super black. Uh, what was the guy's name? Do you have it in your in your notes? Uh, because the guy that that was this controversy is all about. He's like a light skinned dude. He's like, you know, he's a plump dude. He could play Santa. He had like a nice big smile, like a friendly face, and uh, you know, he was an army vet too. I'll equate that in also. Like he he qualifies, right? You know what I mean? He's like a nice old man. What would disqualify you from being Black Santa? Oh, good question. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the amount of blackness matters here, Phil. I really. Uh, but well, yeah, his name was uh, Larry Jefferson. No, it's a pretty, it's a pretty black name. Yeah, it's not Carl or, or Earl Black, but it's still pretty black. I th I'm pretty sure our discussion of this is way more offensive than the actual story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's uh, that's kind of the yeah, definitely. Uh, and also, this is this was clearly like in a white neighborhood, right? That's the problem. Well, Minnesota, right? Minnesota. Yeah, you obviously. put a black Santa in, you know, New York and Harlem. No one's gonna say anything. Right, a yeah. lot of people will probably be like. Yeah. I always wondered that as a kid. What do they do in the black neighborhoods? Do they like cart in like a fat white guy to be Santa <laughs> in their areas every year, or do they just like go with it and get somebody local? I mean, a hundred percent, they've had black Santa, you know, in Harlem, especially back in the day. There was a big like black power. Movement. Any primarily African American neighborhood, I would imagine most of the Santas have been. But now that it's in the Mall of America and the white tourist section, oh shit, everyone's mad about it. That's fucking stupid. The only thing is that it shouldn't have been forced onto that community. If it was like some middle manager's idea for more like inclusive affirmative action. <laughs> is that what you're saying? He was an affirmative but action he was signing? Qualified. He attended a premier <laughs> Santa school, according to the Star <laughs> Tribune. I forgot. Yeah, so this guy studied, okay? That's my favorite part of the story. I'd love <laughs> to see him show up at that recruiting office like, hey, I want to be Santa. Like, <laughs> you won't be Santa? <laughs> you, you really want Santa? Yeah, I want to be Santa. You sure you want to be Santa? Like, look at the other Santas. I don't think that's a Minnesota accent, Gene. Oh. 
Minnesota's from the north, Best from the north Midwest. It's like the the Don't you know, like that that oh. kind of. It's the upper Midwest, I think. Well, I don't what's know. important is that his beard is real. So this guy had a real white yeah, beard. He's so qualified. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, why is everyone mad? This guy is clearly awesome. He grew the beard. Okay, he went to class. Like, he he deserves this job. Yeah. Uh, one other comment. Uh, Tommy H said, uh, <laughs> d- "Dumbest thing ever." Affirmative action, Santa. I'm a minority. Show me one black person that lives in the North Pole. Show me one person that lives in the North Pole, Tony H. There is nobody that lives in the North Pole. Santa's not real, you idiot. You know what? I hope. And I bet you he's like, I'm a minority. Yeah, I bet you he's not black, by the way. He's just trying to like get some. He like has like he's like a quarter Italian. He's yeah, like trying exactly. to weigh in on this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's Using like hiring car. midgets for elves. And like, what are these midgets doing taking the elf jobs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that there's some like like black scientist at the North Pole reading the, that comment, reading his ass up, like laughing his ass. Off, I really do. Uh, okay, so I think we're ready to vote. Uh, I think my my opinion is pretty obvious here. This is clearly fake outrage. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Why are, why is anybody even remotely upset about this? Fake outrage. Uh, Gene, Gene Getman. Getman. Uh, all right, this is um, this is fake. Well, the story is real. <laughs> oh, it's a real story. No, this, the story this is real. We're voting on whether people have the right to their own emotions. Oh, no, all the stories that are on the show are real. We're voting whether people should shut the fuck up or not, basically. Like, is is this something people should be outraged about? Um, let me think about this. No. Okay. Okay. Here we go. We have another Gene, Gene had to think hard for that one. <laughs> all right, so three for three Brain fake floor. outrage in that one. And before we head on out of here, we always give our guests the opportunity. Gene, is there anything you're currently mad about that you want to let some steam off on? I'm always mad about something. You know, what, what, what I've been thinking about lately is that people are all upset about Fidel Castro dying, right? There are some people who will, like, sort of make excuses for him, right? And sort of, uh, especially Melissa, right? My girlfriend. <laughs> Shout out to Melissa. She, yeah. You're about to get shit on. She's, she's uh, no, I, I never. I know she was a fan of Fidel Castro. Well, I don't know if she wants me to mention it, but she was upset when he died. And I could understand her point because her parents were, like, um, she p- pinko Cuban? commies when when she was young, and they, she used to go to Castro rallies and things like that. Whoa! So she's way closer to the source of this than any white people who are posting memes about it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And w- that's what's so ridiculous about it is that all these white people talk about Castro in these in these ways, and they you know Melissa will have to go and set her, set him straight. But look, I I get that Castro represents sort of this David versus Goliath sort of thing where he stood up to the United States for years. And um, and they tried to assassinate him, and he didn't. But the bottom line is that guy was a psychopath and a murderer. So what's so funny is watching people defend Castro, yet the, they call Trump like a monster and a piece of shit. <laughs> this guy, what is what has he done really? Made a, an inappropriate comment about women, right? Grabbing them by the pussy. Well, more than one. <laughs> en- enabled uh, <laughs> enabled some racist organizations, right? I mean, look, he didn't do everything great, but Castro was literally a murderer, and he killed his own citizens. He imprisoned them. He he was a he was a complete psychopath. And comparing, you know, it, to see people um, defend Castro and then condemn Trump is a, a such sign of ignorance and one sided thinking that it's just. Uh, so Gene Gitman like is uh, he is mad about white guilt and liberals. There we go. <laughs> we're going to yes. sum that one. I'm up glad there. I covered up my Castro poster that I had <laughs> before Gene came here. I'm kidding. Uh, so I'm anti-Castro. Just for the record, I think we'll wrap it up right there. You can follow Gene Getman online at 
at Gene Getman. At Gene Getman on all yep. the different social networks. Check mm-hmm. him out. Um, social Villains Podcast. Him and Mike do a good job there if you like righty politics. You can hit us up online anytime you want at thefakeoutragereport at gmail.com or fakeoutragerept on Twitter or Facebook or iTunes. Give us a review, all that good shit. Until next time, kids. Santa can totally be light-skinned. Thank you.